1: Chicago's mayor-elect says,
0: just don't demonize those kids, I mean criminals. Donald Trump goes lukewarm on abortion? Oh boy, do we have a ton to talk about on this Fish Fry Friday edition. I'm Andrew Coppins, he is Pat this is Critical Thinking. Good Fish Fry Friday to you, Mr. Pat how
2: are you doing? Good fish fry Friday to you as well. It's Friday, so yay! <laughs> you you sound so enthusiastic about life right now. I well, I mean, it's morning, bro. What what do you expect from me? I expect better of you. I I expect professionalism. Well, I, I this is professional. This is you know sure okay be, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 yeah.
0: All right, you know the drill by now on a Fish Fry Friday. We're going to throw the worst takes of the week into the fryer. We're going to give you our best takes of the week. Crown a brand new Richard of the Week. All of that wonderful goodness. We have got a lot to talk about. I kind of made a hint as to our worst takes of the week in the open of the show. So I say we just dive right on into it. And I'm going to start with my worst take of the week. I could have had my pick, Pat. I'm just going to say this. I could have had my pick of takes from um, the... Democratic socialists and leftists that run the city of Chicago, by and large these days, I could have had my pick of the current mayor or the mayor-elect for worst take of the week. Because remember, I showed you earlier this week, Pat, right, on Monday, the absolute mayhem that took place. I showed you a car that was stolen, gotten its window smashed in, burnt, right, like crazy, Mm -hmm. at the 31st Street Beach. Then I showed you the absolute mob chaos that took place um, on lower, or well, on the south side of Michigan Avenue, and all around the loop on Saturday night. What I didn't show you is a piece that came out on Monday after we had recorded the show, and that piece was a woman and a and a man. It happened to be a white woman and a black man. Uh, I think they're friends. Um is how they had described their relationship and whatever, that's fine. Um, they were simply trying to walk through the crowd to get wherever they were going. And the crowd struck the woman and it immediately started beating the absolute living crap out of the 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 guy to the point where he had life-threatening injuries. The other shoe that drops in this story, Pat, is later this week it is found out via Um, other visual evidence, that this individual who was being beaten, the cops, walked past, drove past, that's it. They kept, kept on driving. They kept on walking. They didn't stop to help. They didn't do anything for this individual, allegedly, of course. The video and visual evidence suggests that's exactly what happened here. We talked about the mayhem. We talked about the lack of parenting, the excuses being made for criminal behavior. I present to you what I believe is the absolute worst of the worst of the takes, coming from mayor-elect socialist Brandon Johnson.
2: Look, demonizing children is wrong. We have to keep them safe as well. Have you ever taught middle school? I have. Have you ever raised young people? Do you understand the risk that young people take just because they're young? Do you know that home plate is at the bottom of my stairs? I found it out when my son was sliding down those stairs trying to score. They're young. Sometimes they make silly decisions. They do. And so we have to make sure that we are investing to make sure that young people know that they are supported.
0: That was in, by the way, Response to a direct question about the criminal behavior that took place this weekend. His first instinct is not to, if you cr- committed a crime, we're going to hound you down and you're going to jail, right? That wasn't it. It was a suggestion that we have to stop demonizing the criminal behavior of hundreds of kids at a time. These, what they call, wilding scenes are somehow acceptable because it's just a release of pent-up teenage angst. Yeah, you no? Know?
2: Just gonna just gonna go, yeah, no. I mean, is it really your response to sit here and say, well, we, we shouldn't demonize these kids? Kids that are old enough to know better, at least old enough to know the difference of right and wrong... Uh, especially when it comes to, I don't know, vandalizing a city, destroying property. Uh, right, we're not talking about a seven year old pickpocketing
0: mm. a candy bar at the grocery store or at Walgreens or CVS by accident. That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about people who have discernment. Right. These are the people, by the way, that Brandon Johnson and his ilk want to be able to vote. So I am sick and tired of you already, Brandon Johnson, telling us that these individuals whom you support voting, right, have have the discernment and the critical thinking skills to be able to vote. But at the same time, are not responsible for their own personal actions. They made the choice to participate in criminal behavior to choose to be part of the mob. They made the choice. They made their beds. It is time for them to lie in them. And then also within that own statement, as he talks about not demonizing children, he talks about his, his son, uh, and he catches home plate, right? Sliding down the stairs. What was Brandon Johnson's response to his son sliding down the stairs? Corrective action, right? Telling his son, don't do that again. Making sure that his son understands the implications of the decision to slide down the stairs head first, right? Then what, Pat? That's what a good parent does. You literally gave us the message of good parenting. Congratulations, you made a good parenting decision by making corrective action with your itty-bitty seven-year-old son at the time. Okay? That's great news, right? But shouldn't you then in the next breath be demanding that parents, whether that's the mother, the father, or whomever is taking care of these children or putting a roof over their heads, is the one doing that corrective action? And if these children are so out of control, they are unwilling to listen, unwilling to change course, unwilling to see that this behavior is criminal, unwilling to care it is time for them to suffer the consequences of their actions. This is stupid on a level I can't even put into words, Pat. I literally cannot put this kind of stupidity. In. How, how? How is this your response to literally three people being shot, Pat, a person being carjacked, their, their property being stolen, then not just stolen, but smashed, set on fire, buses, cars, all sorts of things being destroyed all over the city on Saturday night. How is this your response to this?
2: I just have one question for you. Who would you rather have? Brandon Johnson, or the Beetlejuice that brought you *Census Cowboy*? Get the
0: hell out! <laughs> <laughs> That's my response because if this is the if this is the re, quote unquote reality, right? If this is what we're going to have to live with from the response standpoint, do you trust? By the way, the next incoming police superintendent to do anything. We talked about the utter chaos of the police response to this, the lack of understanding of leadership, right? Eric Adams, Mm -hmm. the um, interim uh, police superintendent of Chicago uh, Police Department, is retiring. Yes, retiring, coinciding with the leaving of Lori Lightfoot from office. So we literally have a dearth of leadership on any level, when it comes to responding to these types of things, it's only going to get worse. It ain't gonna get better. And I feel sorry for those people who have property, who have condos, who live in these neighborhoods. Because much like the summer of 2020 for people that lived in River North, people that lived in um, the Streeterville neighborhood, people that lived in parts of the Gold Coast, the looting and rioting and things that were set on fire, um, the north side of Michigan Avenue and the shopping and the things that uh, the high end stores that are in that area. It's a major problem, Pat. It really is. It is an absolute major problem for them. Because how do you sell property, right? You want out? How do you sell? Your time to get out. Hear me on this. If you are if you don't want to live through a number, another summer of 2020, if you, you had enough of that, it's coming your way and it's going to come worse. Okay. It is going to come worse. If you can't handle it, get out now. Put that house on the market today. It don't matter about your financial situation. Here's the deal. Find a place that you can rent. Move away. Go what you're, do what you're going to do. But make that decision now, not six months from now, because your property value, hear me on this, your property value after a summer of absolute chaos is going to plummet downtown. And it won't recover for a long time. Whether the reality is that your exact neighborhood is hit or not, downtown will have such a big stain on it that it won't matter one iota. So, either make a decision right now this weekend, make a decision, think through this, either I am going to stick it out and come what may, or I'm selling right now. Because come what may's decision is going to be a loss of your property value for years to come. Years to come. Because it's not just this summer. Next summer is the, what, summer of the Democratic National Convention of 2024. You think that's going to help? Aw, oh,
2: hell no. And with that, Pat, your worst take of the week. So this comes from our former president, Donald J. Trump, um, in response to um, the washington post washington post i had to think i couldn't remember the blanking on them for a minute washington post on a statement on abortion uh he said uh so president j trump believes that the supreme court led by the three justices which he supported got it right when they ruled this is an issue that should be decided at the state level trump campaign spokesman stephen chung Uh, said in a statement republicans have been trying to get this done for 50 years but were unable to do so president trump who can considered the most pro-life president in history got it done he will continue to continue these policies when re-elected to the white house like president reagan before him president trump supports exceptions of rape incest and life of the mother okay so why a lot of the people would say well why isn't this your best take of the week you know, or 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 one of your best takes of the week. Why why is this a worst take, folks? You know my stance on abortion. First of all, if you've listened to me long enough, you, you should know that what my stance is: um, abortion should be unthinkable, absolutely unthinkable. And while he's giving credit to the Supreme Court. everything and without without him we wouldn't have those justices on the supreme court to get to where we are with the repeal of roe versus wade that's true okay but to go and say that these are states rights all of a sudden no this should be unthinkable at any level this isn't just a federal wasn't just a federal issue or a state issue this is a moral issue that shouldn't be thought of um I know a lot of people that are in support of the rape, incest, and health of the mother type situations. I understand it. Don't get me wrong. I understand the position. However, they are generally very rare. When it comes to something like rape, for example, I've always have come down the position, well, do, do two wrongs make a right? Because what did the baby do? What did the baby do to deserve death? exactly nothing nothing you're both victims frankly and yes something very bad something very traumatic happened to that person to that woman i understand and again they deserve our compassion not our judgment but do you really want to go down the road of committing the crime or committing a, a, a grievous crime that that was also committed against you. Do you want to do that? That's where I come down on this. Is I if if that's Trump's take on this, then he's not as pro life as I think a lot of people would like to think that he is. So I have a lot to say on this. Um
0: <clears throat> So I'm going to start with the assertion, or the assertion, not the assertion, the assertion by the Donald Trump campaign and then the Trump acolytes. And, and, and I will say this, he, there is some truth in, hey, I gave you the justices, right? Yeah, right, right, there is. However, I will say this, <clears throat> put in place any Republican in the 2016 election cycle, with the exception of maybe Jeb Bush. Would we have gotten Kavanaugh? Yes. Amy Coney Barrett? Yes. Would we have gotten uh, Gorsuch? Yes. Why? Because these were the three most obvious candidates to fill the spots that were coming up. These were the names <clears throat> of the Heritage Foundation, the all of the um, conservative side of the legal Community, right? These are all the choices of them. These now you can also argue about the history of of what took place with George W. Bush, but none of the people running in twenty sixteen were George W. Bush and had already learned the lessons of what took place with George W. Bush. So, while uh, yes, it is true that that Donald Trump gave you the justices, I hate the fact that he thinks that that is the winning argument here because. Anybody, anybody, with I think the exception of Jeb Bush, would have put any of these people into office, would have nominated them in to that uh, Supreme Court justice position. We would be right where we are in terms of of that, no matter who was in office. Again, with the possible exception of Jeb Bush, I still think Jeb Bush would have gone down this road too. Okay, so let's, and, and Pat, we yesterday... On this very show, yesterday morning, before this statement was made, talked about how you have to take this off the table, right? Why? Because of the exact reason that we talked about just now, that Donald Trump is the one who helped us flip Roe for the first time, right? Helped us get there, right? And then secondly, Ron DeSantis on the state level just signed a six-week abortion ban with some exceptions to it. I haven't read all of it, okay? I don't have the time to do all of that. But... So both of them have the bona fides. My problem here, and and I said this on Twitter the other day, Pat, and I said this yesterday on Twitter, is is abortion something that should be decided at a state level per the Constitution? Yes. But that does not mean that is where the story ends. And this is the problem with Donald Trump in his statement it is that he is homer simpson himself right into the bush right the the gif of homer simpson backing into the bush backing away from the issue because now he gets to wash his hands see i gave you back at the state level so fight it amongst yourselves to truly be pro-life it is not a matter of well my state does this and your state does that no 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 like i said This does not mean that is where the story ends. Trump's true colors came out on his wishy-washy relationship with being pro-life. Just took an unnecessary L. What you doing, bro? He just took an unnecessary L. Because what he could say here, and this is how you, this is the statement I would have made, right? I would have given that, that, the, the beginning of the argument of the pro-life movement is that this belongs at the state level because the Constitution says there shall be... You have not granted the federal government the power to decide this, okay? So if you want to federalize this, if you want to do that, you must change the Constitution, okay? So, all right. So here's the statement that you make. We gave the, the biggest pro-life win, Right? In the history sense, Roe versus Wade was originally decided. We gave you that. We delivered on the justices who delivered the right jurisprudence on that. But the job is far from over. While yes, this belongs at the state level, the fight for life must continue at the state level. Instead, he did the Homer Simpson gif and backed away. Why? because he has never actually been pro-life pat and here's how i know this number one he was pro choice for the vast majority of his adult life Mm -hmm. okay he is a recent convert to this movement that's point two and point three he is a recent convert to this movement because it was going to do what get him elected now the the I would argue that is his biggest deliverable of his 2016 promises, right? I would argue that. There's no question about that. That is the biggest win conservatism has had in the last 50 years. No question about it. The pro-life win of repeal of Roe versus Wade is huge, but it is the first step. It is not the last step in this process.
2: Right. I mean, and we've we've established many times, I think, throughout the history of this show, even, just because something is legal does not make it morally right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. that's what we're saying here. It's not just that though, Pat. I'm talking about how this is a
0: political calculation from Donald right. Trump. It totally is. You're right. You're right. And it, it's it, it a totally political is. calculation because he did this to become pro-life, right? And by this I mean he licked his finger, put it in the air and decided which way the wind was blowing. AKA, what are the polls telling me? What are the polls telling me? What are the polls telling me? This has been the genius and the insanity of Trump all in all, in the uh, the same bottle, if you will, right? Oil and water, if you will. And what I mean by this is, on the one hand, he read the tea leaves that said many, many people believe that this is something that needs to be repealed on a federal level. Like, we cannot have this. We have to go and have that fight at the state level. Cool. So he did it. And then he now is reading the tea leaves that suggests that, ooh, I lost a little bit, and then we lost a little bit more in the 2022 election cycle because pro-life. This is this is Donald Trump reading tea leaves to try to get elected. However, I have a very simple question. And um, I, I really think that Steve Dace brought up a really good point uh, on this. Uh, where do I want to go with this? Um I'm going to say this, right? We have a history of reading tea leaves in the Republican party, right? Attempting to. Okay? And I'm going to I'm going to say this. I want to be careful, but Steve Dace had a really good point on this, okay? In 2012, Mitt Romney ran what were effectively quasi-pro-choice TV ads down the stretch in every single major swing state. What was the lesson that we should have learned from that, Pat? Do you think? Say it one more time. In 2012, Mitt Romney ran what were quasi-pro-choice TV ads because Mitt Romney is quasi-pro-choice, by the way. Right, right. Pers- this idea of personally pro or personally um, anti-abortion and mm. publicly pro-choice—that's an untenable position. But he ran quasi-pro-choice TV ads down the stretch in every single major swing state.
2: Why did he and do that? Did because he was trying to uh, walk the line of both sides in those swing states. Exactly,
0: right? He thought that a nuanced position would help him in these swing states, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't. How many of those swing
2: states in the 2012 election do you think uh, Mitt Romney won? Uh, memory serves correctly, it was zero. Correct. Yeah, he,
0: he didn't win a single one of them. So, catering to the middle, uh, catering to this really small minority of people, right? Who in the hell exists in this world, Pat, of either you are pro-choice or anti-abortion, right? Pro-life. Okay. Pro-life or pro-abortion, however you want to terminal uh terminize this, right? Mm. Who is who exists that has this position that Donald Trump just put out there because the position Donald Trump just put out there is that I'm personally pro-life, but I believe this is a state's
2: rights issue. Who, who holds that position? Whom? You can't, you can't be a fence sitter on this issue. You can't. There, there
0: exactly. There's yeah. absolutely. And, and Steve Dace also had this really, really poignant point on Twitter yesterday. Trump just made the same heel turn that we've seen for 30 years from Republicans, appealing to voters who simply don't exist, while unnecessarily starting wars within his own base. Same as it ever was. For all the branding and bravado, nothing in this party has really changed. Question for you, and this is the other thing that I thought of immediately, Pat. This is a states' rights issue. Was that or was that not the position of the South heading into um the civil war. Civil War, yeah it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why did why did the states rights idea fail? It didn't fail because they were incorrect on the procedural aspect of this. By the way, they were correct on that procedural aspect of it. Right. Because again, where in the Constitution does it says that does it say that this is a situation for the federal government? It right. only said it in so much as you have to change the definition of citizenship. Right. And they did eventually change that, right? With the Emancipation Proclamation and the um, the 14th Amendment and, and all the things that 13, 14, or somewhere around there, right? 14th, 15th, maybe, right? Okay. All of those things exist, right? Question for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Was Jefferson Davis pro-slavery? As well? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really, it wasn't really a state's rights issue. This was the couching of that issue. Now, flipping it on its head here, let me ask you this. Is there anybody who exists in the world of stopping at the state's rights portion of the abortion argument? Same as slavery. The answer is no. No. And here's why. Because both of them are just as equally a constitutional question as a moral question. Right? Correct. Slavery was immoral, and we in the Union, us Northerners, fought this war to end that, to end slavery, to end the immoral situation. To end the ambiguity, the ambiguity or whatever, of the idea that this state can have slavery, but not this one. And the stupid Missouri Compromise, right? Okay? So, when I look at this, Pat, I, I just have to wonder, why would you take this position other than attempting to read some sort of poll or read something out of the 2022 election that doesn't actually exist in reality. Quite literally, Pat, there is no voter that exists that says, this is a state's right, rights issue and I'm totes cool with California deciding that I'm gonna pull the baby right out of the womb until I cut the umbilical cord, I can suffocate and kill the baby, right? There's literally nobody that that is gonna, you know what, I'm voting for Donald Trump now literally does not exist. Am I missing anything here? Nope. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I, just, I... Now, do I understand that, yes, we fought for this to go to the States.
2: Yes. Right, okay. but, but it's not over here. It was never it supposed not to be over. over. Here.
0: Exactly. It is not over because, just like if, let, let's say, we had a... For instance, right, the Missouri Compromise, right? Or we were attempting to have the Supreme Court overturn Plessy versus Ferguson, right? Mm. Uh, A great example would be we allowed the state's rights for what? Segregation, right? Right. Until the federal government did what? Yeah, no, we're not going to segregate citizens, right? We're not going to do that. You're a citizen or you're not, right? It's just that simple. What did they do with that process, right? Are we to suggest that the moral fight is over? Just wash your hands. No. This is the part that Donald Trump, this is the exposing of Donald Trump's position here. He has never been actually pro-life. He has been pro-what-the-hell-is-going-to-get-me-elected. It's the same concept that we talked about yesterday with build the wall. It's the same concept of penny, the penny plan. It's the same concept of all of the things and all the platitudes and all of the wonderful speeches and bravado that he gave us in the in the 2016 election. He didn't mean any of it. Never did. He never does mean anything. He has never followed through on anything that doesn't advance his own personal brand. Okay? Never in his entire life. Never. If it ain't good for Donald Trump personally, it don't matter. He will never sacrifice anything of himself for anything other than himself. And we talked about this yesterday. Service versus self, I think, is the greatest thing that you can... If I am if I am advising Ron DeSantis, if I am advising Vivek Ramaswamy, if I'm advising anybody in the GOP side of the primary... Right? In 2024. If I'm advising Robert F. Kennedy Jr., by the way, as well, service over self. Make this 2024 campaign about your service to your community, to your country, to whatever, over Donald Trump or Joe Biden in himself. It's a very easy argument on both sides to make. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has long been seen as a a kook and vaccine denier and all these other things, but he has lived a life of service over self. Ron DeSantis literally served the country, served in Congress, served the state of Florida, da-da-da-da. You can look at Nikki Haley in the life of service. You can look at Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't know if you can necessarily make that case because he has done a lot of self-serving things. Um, Over the course of his adult life, but Joe Biden, has his life been of service? No. No. And how do you make the case? Look at the corruption. Look at the, how did you become a multimillionaire by quote unquote serving, right? You're doing it wrong. It's the same concept when it comes to these mega churches and the, the million dollar mansions that these people live in, right? That ain't service. That is you using service to benefit yourself. But the the point of the matter is this is where you win on this campaign, and I don't understand how you go from taking abortion and that debate off the table to putting it squarely on the table. We just got done talking about this. Literally, an hour and a half, two hours later, Donald Trump's spokesperson comes out with the dumbest statement of all time. The repeal of Roe, Pat, is as simple as this was the starting line, not the finishing line. And if you can't see that, Donald Trump, you are making the most grievous error you possibly can make in the 2024 primary. Because if I am Ron DeSantis, I hammer the ever-loving shit out of this statement. And I do it via via back channels. I do it via highlighting whom I am in my pro-life bona fides. Right? And and say, I am unapologetically pro-life to the point in which, yeah, I compromise on something to get the greater good, right? The greater good is now we know based off of science, we have viability at X, Y, Z point in time, right? And I'm going to continue to fight for for pro-life, but this was a great starting point in the state of Florida, can you say that, Donald Trump? Can you say that you personally would support this? No, it turns out you really don't. Well, I'm personally that way, but professionally, hey, hey, hey I, I, you know what, California, go, go do you, boo. You do you, boo. You want to kill that kid? Oh, we're going to decide that uh, two weeks after the kid is, is alive and it's got uh, deformities or intellectual disabilities that we didn't know about, go ahead and murder that kid. Uh, what? Because that's exactly what some people in California believe to be right and just. Roe repeal was the starting line, not the finishing line. All right. With that out of the way, Pat, um, I think it is time for us to uh, crown a brand new Richard of the Week. What's What say you? Uh, let's do it. All right. Uh, Hit me with the four nominees this week.
2: The four nominees are Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson of Chicago. For If you listen to the first part of the show, you'll know exactly why we are naming him a nominee of Richard of the Week. And it's for his comments uh, after the uh, mayhem, if you will, in Chicago earlier this week. Then you have the current mayor of Chicago, Lori Beetlejuice Lightfoot. Beetlejuice, uh, Beetlejuice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Basically for her inaction um, uh, on the Chicago Mayhem earlier this week and for the crap that she even said about it too. Then you also have NBA player, shooting guard, James Harden for the Philadelphia 76ers because he... Um, Sort of got a dude in the uh, junk in the game the other night. Sort of, kind of? Yeah. You know, he did. There's no sort of, kind of. He literally punched a dude in the junk. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And And then we're going to stay in the same vein again. We're going to go to the uh, West Coast, to the Golden State Warriors, uh, with uh, power forward Draymond Green because he literally stepped on a dude's chest the other night. and again, For no good reason, by the way. For no good reason.
0: Other Not. than the dude f- was falling to the ground, which is part and parcel of the tussle that they were in for a rebound, and his leg and the guy's arm got tangled up because he was bracing his fall. And rather than just stepping over the guy, right, you literally stepped on him. And, and then tried to jump as if you were jumping over him
2: how does that guy still have a position on the golden state warriors by the way i mean how, over the years yeah how does he even have a position in the nba
0: yeah this isn't like the bad boys in you know dennis rodman and bill lambier and all that sort of stuff that would would play rough right and a little right. dirty at times but yeah um what Year after year after year, you're going to see something like this from Draymond Green. I I don't get it, It, especially because this is supposedly a leader on the team. That's a leader. I don't want to. No, I don't think.
2: I don't want to be on that team. Ah. Like, here's here's the thing. Like, like I also don't want to have to deal with Steve Kerr and his Uh, idiocy. But hey, yeah, I mean, this this kind of crap happens with him every year. The Mm -hmm. organization defends him like crazy. He's like, well, he's been punished for it. He doesn't learn. He doesn't care. He just does this. I mean, the dude flipped off fans earlier this season. I believe yeah. it was in Memphis. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. I. I, um,
0: I I'm just going to say this, Pat. I think the winner is very simple. Yeah. If we are crowning a Richard of the week, hitting somebody in the Richard gets you a gets you a win. There, there's nothing. There's nothing sporting. Nothing competitive. Nothing. Um. Right about that. Mm-hmm. Hitting another man in the gonads. Hitting him in the D. While that man is just simply playing D is simply wrong. And you are a big D, aka this week's Richard of the Week. James Harden. James Harden. You are correct. James Harden wins Richard of the Week because he hit somebody in the Richard. Alright, with that being said, it is time for our best takes of the week. Um, how about you go first on this one?
2: Okay. So my best take actually comes from a um, f- well friend and former colleague of mine uh, that that uh, I worked at the uh, up at K Talk with. His name is Brian Hyde. Um, he has his Substack. It's called Hide in Plain Sight, which I thought was clever, by the way. Um, and he wrote an article this week um, called "The Hero We Need the Most," and it's really really short. So I'm just going to read it. If someone were to ask you what kind of heroes the world needs most right now, there are a lot of possible answers. Here's one that might be easily overlooked. The world needs more people who understand the essential connection between freedom and personal character. Ancient Rome rose to greatness during its Republic years, in part because of the personal character its people were willing to practice. This doesn't mean that they were perfect, but when they focused on self-responsibility and self-reliance, they thrived. By the same token, when they, when they let their guard and their character down, they started voting themselves benefits. They soon found themselves uh, bought and paid for by a welfare state. While this may may seem to be be of interest only to academics and historians, the truth is that our society has a lot more in common with ancient Rome than we'd like to admit. Historically, no civilization has lost its character and kept its liberties. It's not a matter of simply electing the right politicians or enacting the right policies. It comes down to what kind of people we are individually. To develop the kind of character that is congruent with freedom requires intellectual humility, honesty, and commitment to the truth, even when it's inconvenient. It calls for patience, courage, optimism, and the ability to inspire greatness in others. Becoming a person of unshakable character in our time is nothing, more, is nothing short of heroic, but that's exactly what the world needs. So this is my best take for really a few different reasons because I think as short as it is, he hits the nail on the head. He's very precise with what he's saying here. One, we've talked about this many times on the show, is that you know, we 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 can't we can't keep our liberties, we can't keep our individual liberty, we can't keep the things that that you and I have been fighting for, if we are not of good moral character. I mean. John Adams had, you know, to paraphrase, had basically said that when he was around, right? And he then, but then he talks about what we need, that we need a society of good moral character, because that's the hero we need. We need people like that. We need that in this culture. The culture that we are in is very ancient Rome-like, if you know anything about that, period. Is it the same? No. Are there similarities? Sure. But the point, of the, the bottom line of this is we need character. We need good morals and character um, to, to, and, and then self reliance to thrive. Do we have that anymore? Or have we become slaves to the welfare state essentially? Yes. I think he hits the nail on the head on that. Yeah, I'll give you that last point. I, I think the thing
0: that f- that uh, falls flat for me on this statement is is relying on ancient Rome, and here's why: because it is hard to say that their greatness was because of personal character. It really is. What personal character did Julius Caesar have? Fair. Okay, Mark Antony. Right. What per- are are we talking about? Personal character of the day. Are we talking about personal characters? We see it today, and those are questions I would like to ask him because I understand the <clears throat> excuse me the concept, right? Because you also have you also have the great um, is it it's Plato right or not Plato um, uh, Cato right? Mm. You have um, Cicero. You have some really great individuals and thinkers and and people who lead or led what at the time for them and their day and age were more moral lives. Yeah, absolutely. You had those people, but for every one of those you had 10 immoral people, y- you know, you had 10 people who were sleeping with anybody and everybody, regardless of those things. Again, are we looking at it through the lens uh, what, what lens are you deciding that personal character was there? I, you know, like, I, I think that's, that's a valid question. question. Yeah. I, I I think he's right, though, on the larger point. Um, I agree with you. I think it's a great point to say, you know, while this may seem to be of interest only to academics and, and historians, the truth is that our society is a lot more in common with ancient Rome than we would like to admit. Yes. Why? Because we have personal foibles and immorality, and we have leaders who are using that as, you know, stepping stones. Like, like. Ooh, I would suggest this, right? Our vice president has done what exactly to gain the vice presidency? Nothing. Other than the mean... right place, right time, right people. That's all I'm going to say. No, no civilization has lost its character and kept its liberties. Is a great line. That is true. Yeah, that's true. And again, that's my point. Is like, are we? This is the trouble that I have with the 1619 project and some of the things that are going on here. Is that we have to be careful of saying personal character. Why? Because are we looking through the lens of today or are we looking through the lens of that day and age and understanding that their character and their idea of character was very different than it is today. Mm. So I think those are valid points. I don't disagree with you though. Um, But let's go ahead. I I think overall on its face, this is a message that we need to hear. Maybe we can get uh, Brian on the program at some point in time to talk about this message more thoroughly, but um, my best uh, take of the week is simply this. And it comes from Jesse Kelly. I get the sense that due to the ridiculousness of the charges, the right is being dismissive about Trump's legal problems. We have entire branches of our justice system, including juries run by communist apparatchiks. Trump is going down unjust as it is. He's going to jail. And I think this is my best take of the week because this is the the this is the punch to the face that a lot of the MAGA forever crowd needs right now. It really is. They absolutely need an absolute punch in the face. Because the reality is that whatever you think of his actual legal trouble, right? Is he really legally in trouble? Do you think this is political persecution? Blah, 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 right? Here's the reality of the situation. The other side doesn't give a crap, whether it's political persecution or real legal trouble or whatever. They are going to get him. We know this because they tried to impeach and convict him twice on absolute BS, right? Absolute BS. They've tried it. They've they tried to hammer into personal finances. They've trumped up you know, felony charges uh, in Manhattan already. They're looking at Georgia. We look at all these other things that are going on, right? They're going to get him by hook or crook. They're going to do what we wish we could do to Hillary Clinton. Get them knowing that Hillary Clinton is guilty as sin. We know that. Have we been able to use the justice system to be able to get Hillary Clinton? No, is it because we're more moral than the other side? Hell no! It's because the other side has occupied much of the judiciary, much of the um, lower-level DA offices, much of the federal prosecution offices, right? The Department of Justice, all of those things. Yeah. We have talked about this. The left wholly occupies that. What, what are we supposed to do about that? So when we take a look at those things, I think you have to consider that and. MAGA Forever is unwilling to understand they're going to get him, and they're likely going to make sure that he cannot run in 2024 to get him, right? They've set it up already in Manhattan to put him on trial in January of 2024. That's on purpose. What do you think is going to happen in Georgia? They're going to get him. You need to hear that. So I think the reality is we have a very different primary than we think we're going to have. Yeah, there are two big dogs in the fight right now, Trump and DeSantis. We just got done yesterday having that, quote-unquote, negative debate, if you will, right? The case against, the case DeSantis needs to make against Trump, the case Trump needs to make against DeSantis, right? Let's take, what if Trump's not there? Uh, does DeSantis just run away with this, or does this become a different primary? Is this the, where Vivek Ramaswamy comes in? Is this where... Um, I'm trying to think who just, oh, Larry Elder just announced that he's running for president, right? Or is this a lane for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to kind of split the baby, if you will, and run right in the middle? Is there a middle ground? I, I mean, I don't think we exist in that type of a society, but I think people are clamoring for just leadership. And It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, what do you say about my best take?
2: I I guess I still question whether or not he's actually going to be arrested and put in jail. He's already Um, been arrested and put in jail. Has he been put? How has he been arrested? He's been, he's been indicted. Right. Arrested. He has
0: been indicted. He has been charged with a crime. He has already been arrested for a crime.
2: My, my, my point is, is he actually going to serve time? I don't think it
0: matters if he's going to serve time or not. If he's convicted, he is disqualified from running. Even if but, he is hung up on these charges and fighting them, he cannot run for president of the United States of America.
2: They still have to bring the goods, though.
0: No, they don't. This, this is what Jesse Kelly is telling you. This is why this is absolutely my best. What goods do they have to bring, Pat?
2: What goods? If, if you, if, look, you if still they don't, believe if this don't is don't a problem. A if they don't get a conviction, it's over for them. They have here's to the, get a conviction. Here's the problem though, Pat.
0: Here's the problem. Here's mm. the problem. You still think you're playing by the rules of a justice system. That they're gonna have to bring the goods in a trial and, and then and then get a conviction, right? It don't mm. matter if they get an actual conviction or not. And then secondly and secondly, we're talking about a justice system that has been wholly rigged against him from the very get go. Right. We are talking about a justice system in Manhattan where only 15 percent of the population voted for Donald Trump. You don't think that that system's rigged. It is not going to matter if the evidence gets there or not. They're going to be able to put a jury in place or they're going to get a bench trial or they're going to have the judge that will take the trial and make sure the defense is put on Very loosely, if you will, right? We are talking about a justice system. This is the point Jesse Kelly is making. It isn't a justice system. It's an unjust system when it comes to politics. And they will rig that game. It don't matter if they have the goods or not. They will find a way to get them, and they'll get them. They will do so. It doesn't matter. That's what we're talking about with the charges likely pending in Georgia. It's the most flimsy bullshit I've ever heard, but they're going to do it. The flimsiness of the felony charges. They're going to get him one way or another. Otherwise, these charges would never be brought to begin with.
2: Then the better way to say this is that we are a nation of political will, not a nation of laws. Right.
0: We always have been. We always have been. And when you start politicizing the justice system, where you know, we've gone from um from uh John Adams defending the British soldiers, because they deserve a robust right defense, right? Mm. And getting them um, acquitted of the charges because it was right to where we are today. We have, a, again, a jury pool because they're going to put this in Manhattan, a jury pool that is so poisoned against Donald Trump that it's not going to matter. We have a DA after DA after DA. We have judicial uh, judges. We have the entire system set up in a way that is against him. And I all I'm saying is it doesn't matter if they have the legal goods or not. All they have to do is present a case, put it in front of a, a jury that hates Donald Trump. And there you go. Oh, but they have the ability. Right, okay, are you gonna find that needle in the haystack of the 15% of the people who voted for Donald Trump and put all 12 of them on the jury? No. That's never going to happen. You might get two or three, maybe, right? You might be able to find that. But are those people who get called to jury duty, right? Are those people, are you? Are any of them in that 15%? You have no way of knowing that. So all I'm simply saying is, when we look at Donald Trump, and, and this is why this is my best take, you have to understand, we are not playing the game in which you know, we have Mayberry justice, right? We're not playing the game in which um, we have impartiality in play. We're not playing a game of what's the law, what can you prove? It's not that. It is what can you bring in front of this that will win? It don't matter if you actually can make the legal case or not. It doesn't matter.
2: So you're saying that he there's no way that he'll be on the 2024 ballot.
0: What I am saying is that if this, if these charges continue to come and if they continue to be allowed, yeah, he won't, he won't make it to 2024.
2: But, but you're, the, the key word there is if.
0: I'm only saying if in so much as we don't know exactly what that judge is going to do right now. No, it's pretty much been an indication that he's going to put the hammer down on Donald Trump's side of the the fence, if you will, right? The prosecution, no gag order. Donald Trump, gag order, right? I mean, he's rigging this pretty hard so far. So, I'm only using if because you still, the goods have to come in the fact that you still have to be able to, vis-a-vis discovery, Prove that you have something to hang your hat on, right? You can't just totally do that. But what I'm saying is that there's a difference between that and then being able to prove it in a court of law. It doesn't matter. All they all they need to do is get there
2: and it will be rigged. And that's the point I was making. They haven't gotten there yet. Well they will until they get there. Then then we can say, yeah, Jesse Kelly's right. But until then, it's an if. I don't even think it's
0: an if. They they don't bring these charges. They don't put this on paper if they don't have something that they want to bring in front of the judge and and they don't know the judge will take it, right? You don't do that because you run the risk of absolutely murdering your own career and the careers of every single prosecutor in that office and the judge, right? And all the people in the justice department, that's the risk that you run. That's a really stupid risk to take. You bring it when you know that the, you have a very friendly judge, that you have the right scenario in place, that he's going to accept your what most people believe in the charging documents to be a very flimsy case. Again, we don't know what the discovery is going to be in that case. They may have absolutely have them dead to rights. We, we you're, you're but tr- that, that's but true. My larger point still stands. MAGA forever needs to understand the system that they are up against. Maga Forever needs to understand that it don't matter whether the legal requirements are going to be met in terms of like, can you prove this beyond a reasonable doubt? That's not going to matter. Not going to matter one bit because it's all about political will. And they have tons of the political will to get rid of Donald Trump. We've never had the political will to do this and to bring it up and to nail Hillary Clinton against the wall, even though we've gotten all the goods humanly possible. right? We've literally have her admitting to having an illegal server. We literally have all of the documentation, all the proof, right? Has she paid a price for it? No, because we've never had the political will to say, F you, right? And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show.
2: Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no, and Andrew still can't decide between Brandon Johnson and the mayor that brought him since his cowboy. Please be
0: smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.